Each year, 70 billion animals are processed to feed 7 billion people, producing more than 14% of the world's greenhouse gas emissions. That's more than the whole transport sector. The meat industry is also a major contributor to deforestation and through its use of antibiotics has increased the risk of antibiotic-resistant infections. But are investors adequately assessing these material, environmental and social risks in the food sector? I'm Juliana Needham and this is a special podcast brought to you by FAIR, focusing on the groundbreaking analysis they produce via the Collar FAIR Index. The FAIR Index has lifted the lid on the world's biggest protein-producing companies, assessing them on a number of sustainability factors. To find out more, I spoke to Arti Ramachandran, Head of Research and Engagements for the FAIR Initiative. To begin with, can you give us a summary of the protein production industry today? Of course, yeah. So you mentioned some of those uh, facts, Julianne, and uh, I think most people are unaware, you know, in terms of the scale of this industry and how extensive it is. And, you know, when you're talking about processing billions of animals each year, that requires a level of industrialization and intensification that is unprecedented. I mean, when people think about how meat or dairy is produced, they think of pastoral systems, but those are not the, the systems we think we, that exist really and, and provide the bulk of our planet's meat and dairy. It's much more likely to come from a, an industrialized facility and that uh, has uh, an extensive array of risks, whether it's climate change or deforestation or antibiotics overuse or uh, issues with the water use and, and how much it impacts local water resources. Um, you know, multiple risks that the, the sector is now increasingly linked to um, that aren't being considered. And who are the main companies dominating the sector? Well, the biggest players in the sector today are um, names that you typically don't hear of. For example, JBS, Tyson, and in many, pro- you know, some of, many of the large protein-producing countries in the U.S., the sector is highly concentrated and consolidated. So you've got few companies controlling about 65-75% of the market, depending on the protein source, whether it's beef, dairy, pork, or poultry. Many of these players also tend to be private. Um, the large companies tend to be private. And there is a part of the sector that's small-scale livestock production, especially in um, in developing countries. So what is the Collar Fair Protein Producer Index and why is there a need for it? The Collar Fair Protein Producer Index is essentially a benchmark of the 60 largest listed protein producers. So these are the largest meat, dairy, and farmed fish companies in the world today, um, and they're public companies. And what we found um, was, um, you know, when FAIR was set up about four years ago, we found that there was a real gap in the market in terms of um, how investors and other stakeholders were scrutinizing the sector and to what extent the the, the awareness of this, these the risks linked to the sector, there was, there was fairly poor awareness of the risks linked to the sector. So we absolutely thought it was important for capital markets to be, um, you know, to engage capital markets on how these risks were impacting um, planetary health boundaries, human health, and certainly how they would play out in terms of financial impacts 
within their own portfolios. And that was one of the reasons, main reasons, why we established the, the Call of Air Protein Producer Index. The companies in this, um, covered by the index, produce around 20% of the world's protein. So around one in five meals comes from one of these companies. They are probably the, the bulk of the supermarket, the meat or the dairy that you buy in supermarkets or, or restaurant chains um, globally. Um, so they have a tremendous influence on consumers today. And who is it designed for? Is, is it all investors and who, who's currently using it? The index is designed f- primarily for institutional investors. It is a free resource or tool for them to use um, to integrate into their own engagement um, processes, into their own investment decision making. Certainly, I think part of the aim of the index is also to drive change within the sector. And can you give an example of how an investor can use the index to make an investment decision? Sure. So I think one of the primary ways is that the because it is a, a, a benchmark, I mean, I think one of the first things or the most useful things about the index is that, you know, it gives a clear indication of leaders and laggards. So um, investors can quickly ascertain which companies in the index are taking these risks seriously, have the right due diligence process, you know, are integrating this into their overall uh, risk management framework, um, are reporting on this, have the right metrics, um, and which companies have you know, absolutely no discussion of, of, uh, of these risks. And can you tell us what those eight risks are and what are the biggest investment risks of those? So we cover eight risks. Uh, that's um, climate change, deforestation, water use, water pollution, antibiotics overuse, animal welfare, labor conditions, and food safety. And really, I mean, what you consider the most in- important investment risk depends on the particular company, the particular region, how well managed each of these risks are. But I'd say certainly a growing issue is, is climate change. You mentioned that um, the sector today contributes something like 15% of global greenhouse gas emissions. And so it is a clear driver of climate change. It is also, um, and that makes it vulnerable to any regulatory changes that happen if governments decide to, for example, tax meat um, or or have a carbon tax on, on high emissions products. Um, so, you know, some of some of these proteins will certainly be vulnerable to those those regulatory changes. But um, more important, uh, this the sector is deeply vulnerable to the impacts of climate change. So warming temperatures, extreme weather events, um, droughts, increased droughts, all of these will will have an impact on the bottom line lines of these companies. We're already seeing this play out in countries like Australia today when Because of drought and extreme weather events, including floods, um, farmers have lost hundreds of thousands of um, herds of cattle and feed costs have spiked. um, And the outlook for the industry is not particularly rosy, at least in the next few years. Um, So these are, you know, these are issues that will will play out for for all major protein producing countries and, and companies. And alongside the risks, there are also opportunities for investors. What are those we like to call this the most disruptive decade in protein production um, for multiple reasons. One reason is obviously this, you know, again, as I said, the scale uh, of the, the, the sector 
is is you know there is a growing awareness of the impacts of the scale, what it means for human health for our environment, um, and you know certainly from a consumer perspective, growing awareness of these risks means that consumers are beginning to question where these products are coming from, how they're being produced, and whether to what extent they should be consumed or should be part of their their diets. Um, and so you've seen this play out in in multiple markets through rising flexitarianism as well as sort of dietary choices being increasingly dietary choices being made on on vegetarianism and veganism, for example. And in in conjunction with this growing consumer awareness and a shift in in these trends, we've had um, enormously disruptive technology. Um, that's being developed. So we've become extremely successful at mimicking the takes, taste, texture, and flavor profile of, of meat and dairy using plant-based ingredients. So certainly blockbuster names like um, Beyond Meat and Impossible Burger have really led that trend. Um, and you know, suddenly you have an alternative in place that tastes like meat or you know, smells like meat but is, is made from uh, low-impact protein sources. And so, you know, sort of even further, sort of if you look even further than than the plant-based proteins, you've got uh, technologies like cultured meat, which is essentially lab-grown meat, which if it can be produced at scale, will have enormous consequences for how we produce meat and dairy and could be very, very disruptive to the the conventional meat and dairy sectors. Um, So we think that from an investor perspective, from a company perspective, these are all trends that that should be taken into account or, you know, could end up having um, a negative impact for both companies and investors who are not paying attention to them. Great. Arti, thank you. That was Arti Ramachandran, Head of Research and Engagements at the FAIR Initiative, speaking to me, Juliana Needham. For more information about FAIR and the Collar FAIR Index, you can visit their website at fair.org.